You may be seated for our scripture reading. Our Old Testament reading from Malachi in the third chapter. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for, rob, or for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading from the letter to the Corinthians in the ninth chapter and also the sermon text for the day. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel. <clears throat> From Mark's gospel in the eighth chapter. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd. Because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. 
And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people. And he sent them away. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you continue to give each and every day. And sometimes our eyes may be blind to it, yet you continue to take care of us. You continue to lift us up. You continue to draw us to yourself. So we thank you for this day where you draw us together to your word to receive your gift. And we pray you move by your spirit to remove distractions from our hearts and minds. And lead us ever to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, here we are at the end of this rooted and growing stewardship campaign that began so many weeks ago as we continue to hear where God has rooted and planted us and where our foundations are and where he has been growing us as well as individuals, as the body of Christ and into his mission, right? Rooted in creation, rooted in redemption, rooted in salvation, growing in vocation, growing in the body of Christ, and growing in the mission of Christ, where he takes us to continue to do his work so that more and more would hear of his love for his creation, his forgiveness of our sins, that he has worked out for us. These are the things that we're planted in. These are the things that we give thanks to God for. And so as we have continued through this, uh, if there is still the slide from Colossians there, can we go to that? I'm getting shaken heads that it's not there. That's okay. You all remember well Colossians 2, 6, and 7. You don't have to recite it right now, but you can look at it again later where we remember where Paul is encouraging the Colossians by saying that they are rooted and built up in this work that God has done. And through all of it, we give thanks to God. We see these unexpected things that God continues to do in our lives. I'm reminded of this every time I watch TV shows and certain movies. Uh, There's like a few plots that almost every movie is ever based on, right? There's either a justice plot where wrong has been done and you want to see it righted, right? Almost every comic book movie, almost every superhero movie, almost every Western, almost, you know, all those kind of action movies and stuff, something wrong has been done and there's justice that needs to come from it. That's great. The other one is more relational, right? Something's happened within a uh, relationship of a couple and where we may really want reconciliation and for that to be taken care of. See, that's always my want. At least, it's my Christian want. But more often than not, what ends up that I've had to learn to come to expect is that usually, whatever hurt that's happened, um, that people just go away and follow their own desires to make themselves feel good instead of some kind of sacrificial thing. And that's what I've come to expect. It's not what I've wanted to expect. And it always catches me by surprise when you watch a show or a movie and you say, okay, well, I'm already expecting this that people are just going to break apart they're going to follow their own desires they're going to make themselves happy and look out for number one but then you see some sacrificial thing happen this unexpected thing happens there's forgiveness there's wholeness there's a relationship that's repaired and brought back together and man i am so thankful when i see that because in my day-to-day life 
I don't always see that around. And you know that. You've probably experienced that. You've probably walked through those times when hurts have happened and you want things to be brought back together and they're not. It's hard. It's difficult to walk through. Because you want something so deeply that you've heard God say and then you don't see it actually come to fruition and it's heartbreaking instead of heart healing, right? And, and we lament over that. As Paul's writing to the Colossians, not, sorry, that was the other verse. As Paul's writing to the Corinthians, it's the other town he wrote to. As Paul's writing to the Corinthians now, there's been a promise made early on that they were going to pledge to help take care of the suffering Christians in Jerusalem. The ones who were going through persecution and really suffering for the sake of the gospel because claiming that leadership of Christ as Lord had put them in a place where the culture and their society had ostracized them, wouldn't let them buy things in the marketplace, wouldn't let them be present in the temple, wouldn't let them take place in a lot of their families as they would even be kicked out of a lot of the homes and those sorts of things. And so you have this group of people that were in great need, and then you had this group of new Christians out in this other town in a Gentile area, right, up in Corinth, who had promised to help. And so Paul's writing to them, and he's saying, look, there is no way that they ever expected you to be able to help in the way that you do, yet now that you've pledged to do it, fulfill that promise. Fulfill that because through that service, through that giving in this way from this unexpected people to the ones that are hurting, they're going to give thanks to God. They didn't expect that help. It's like when we see things go a hurtful way, we hardly ever expect for them to come back together. We expect for kind of sinful desires to just take over and to walk away and forget about it and just pretend it never happened and try and start fresh and, and it doesn't ever really quite work out well. But the unexpected thing is when we're actually there to take care of one another. And it's beautiful to see how the people in Corinth were now getting encouraged by Paul to do just that. And as Paul says, in the midst of that giving, in the midst of that being... Um, given to the um, Christians that were in Jerusalem, they were giving thanks to God for the way in which he was working through the entire body of his church to bring wholeness in ways that they could never expect at all. As we read through Scripture, what we've come to expect is that the people of God would continue to turn away from him read through Judges, read through all of the Old Testament, and it's this continual back and forth rhythm of people saying, God, we hear your word, and now we're going to go our own way. And so as these people are being persecuted, they kind of used to it, I guess, as they've looked at the history of their people of going into persecution and all those sorts of things, and to actually see God working from outside of their expected ways to come and take care of them through the givings of the people in Corinth was absolutely unexpected. And the thanks given to God for that is amazing. The same thing happened as he stood on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. He's there with 
4,000 or so people. And as we hear all of those different feedings that he does around that sea, they all start to blur together a little bit. And in this one, we see him on the shore teaching for three days, having compassion on the people, and then saying, all right, it's time to eat. It's time to feed them. And we would expect that these are the regular folks that have been following him around up in Capernaum and up in the Jewish territory. What we forget sometimes is that this is in the pagan Gentile area. This feeding is in the Decapolis. This is in an area where the disciples are thinking God's not going to work in this area. There's no way he would do what we would expect him to do in this area for these people. Yet Jesus does. He stands there and does the unexpected thing by taking care of everyone that's there, hearing his word and giving to them of what they need, filling them, feeding them until they're satisfied, providing everything needful for them so that they would not faint in the days to come or on the way home or anywhere along those lines. But taking the meager little things that were there that we couldn't ever expect to fulfill everybody and working through them to take care of everyone. The disciples thought that he was only going to do that for the Jews. They thought that he was only going to do that in the Jewish area. That's kind of how God's worked in that day, right? God's would work in a particular area for a particular people. And Jesus is showing, yeah, I came from a particular people. And I'm here to take care of all the people. I'm here to provide for all of the people. In the same way that he cast out the demon from the demoniac that was there in that same region, and then sent him away to his home? Well, this feeding is what happens after that. This Gentile, pagan guy who had a demon cast out of him goes home and becomes one of the greatest evangelists ever. Because just a few short uh, time frames after that instance, you've got this gathering of 4,000 people around to hear Jesus in an area where it is unexpected as he continues to work in that area to show people what his love really looks like. And that's the unexpected thing for us, day in and day out, where we may follow our own desires, where we hear God's word for us, and then we say, yeah, but is it really like that? Can't I twist it and turn it a little way and take it this direction so that I feel a little better about myself? In those ways in which we follow a lot of those movie plots and do the things where we take care of ourselves, God continues to come to us and say, no, you can't take my word in another direction. Yet, my word came into the flesh and dwelt among you and died for you and rose for you so that when you would take something and try to use it in an inappropriate way, he calls us back to himself, calls us back to his word to where we hear it, for us and where we hear his love for us through it and we hear forgiveness. Thanks be to God for that forgiveness. Because if he were to lay it all upon our shoulders for us to take care of it, man, oh man, we would twist it every which way and never be able to really do what we need to do to have a whole relationship with him. But see, he stepped in. He stepped into that relationship between us and him to reconcile it, to bring it back together, to do the unexpected thing and not just lay down judgment on top of his creation, but also offer it hope and promise and then continue to work through it so that it would be full and fulfilled 
and satisfied so that all of his work would continue to be done through all of the meager things that we have to give, whether it's seven loaves of bread or a promised pledge like the Corinthians, and all those different ways in which we think that we might only be giving a little bit and doubt whether or not it's useful, he says, look, don't give out of guilt or compulsion. Be cheerful about what you've given. Whatever it looks like, be cheerful about what you've given because God is going to work through it. Just as Paul tells the Corinthians that, you know, God provides the seed and then provides the harvest and everything else, and we think, okay, he's going to give us something to work with, so we have to do it. Well, remember any farmer you ever talk to, when they plant the seed, they have almost no control over it after that. They're dependent upon God for the weather. They're dependent upon God for the soil. They're dependent upon God to actually make the stuff work and grow. They're dependent upon God to grow what he's going to grow through the gifts that he gives. And through everything that you give and everything that you promise and every little work that you do, God is the one that's working through it so that others would give thanks to him for the way in which he takes care of everything. So whatever you do in God's name, whatever you give, in God's name. Know that he's going to work through it for his good. A little bit later, we're going to hear more of the blessings that God has given through this whole stewardship campaign through you, through your hands. And you may doubt what you've given. Don't. You may wonder if it's ever enough. Don't worry about it. God makes it enough. God takes seven loaves, feeds 4,000. He takes whatever things that we have, and works through them so that more and more would know of God's love in Jesus for us. Thanks be to God that he continues to work in his creation, through his creation, for his creation, so we would continue to know of his love for us. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done, continue to do, and will continue to do through your church for all of your creation that more and more would know of the forgiveness you've given us in Jesus. We pray that you would remove doubts and worries from our hearts and minds and know that you are the one who works through all things to give all things so that all thanks and glory would be given to you. Through your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise as you're able.